Hello, this is Chris from Brother Speak Podcast, where we talk about black LGBT issues and topics. And today I have a guest by the name of Mr. Mike Warren. How are you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. How you doing, Chris? Pretty good, pretty good. Um, thank you for being part of the podcast. This is like I said, this is uh, we're having a good month because we actually have some great, great authors, and I'm very excited to actually have you on the show um, to kind of tell the audience a little bit about Mr. Mike Warren. You have been in the business of writing books for I would say about the past nine years. Is that correct? That's correct. And you've written over thirty books. Thirty uh, uh, novels and short stories. Novels and short. Now, let me start off for, by first by saying, to be in the business of writing as long as you have, it's got to take a lot. <laughs> that's, I'm pretty sure you. I, I know you have a great following that's been um, actually consistently uh, reading your books. Has the how's the audience really receiving your books through the years? Have you seen differences? Have you seen new new audience kind of take on your books? Well, I mean, there's always an increase of an audience, or at least it should be. <laughs> you know, if, you, if you're writing books, and if you've been writing books for several years, then you find yourself having a decrease, uh, then there's a problem. You know, there's, there's something wrong, there's something that apparently you're not doing. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I always see an increase, uh, which is a good thing, and, you know, part of that increase not only is from word of mouth, but also doing interviews like this. Awesome, awesome. And for to do it, first off, 30 books, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, 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 it, 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 it is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree, it is. You know, and I, I was thinking today about that, um, you know, because maybe I'm just being a hater. <laughs> I don't know. You know, but there are people who have, let's say, written five books. Yeah. And and they have become known nationwide. Yeah, yeah. But then you have people who's written 30 books and they don't have as much of a fan base right. as those people who've written five books. Somewhere along the line, I, that, I think that's so unfair. Well, you, you know... Well, you, but, but I understand that a lot, a lot of it comes from marketing yeah. and, you know, there's a lot of money put into it. Yeah. I understand it. I get it. Is it fair? No. <laughs> but I get it. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, guy- you know, because with, with the, with, just as an example, when the young lady, you know, came out, yeah. uh, I won't say her name, but, you know, it's a book called Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> okay. You know, she got about five books. She's been on the New York bestseller list. And everybody in their mama <laughs> has heard about that book. And, and, I, and I'm like, you know, really? <laughs> you know, seriously? You know, and, and what she wrote about, you know, again, is something that I wrote about seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, you know. So, so it's like, you know, why is it that this, this, I'm sorry to say, Caucasian female uh, uh. <laughs> will write a book about basically being a boy and being a sir, <laughs> being in a situation. 
situation of not so much S and M, but being in the situation of 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 a culture of having a sir or mister who pretty much dominate you and and tell you what you should do and what you should be. And, you know, of course, we all know that for whatever reason, there are some people out here that are like that. You know, whether or not you're a judge, a police officer, you know, whatever the case may be, sometimes you want to have someone to tell you what to do. You know, exactly. Right. That's a matter. That's a matter of you know you having to give up your control and be a little submissive yourself. Oh. But you know the point is is that I wrote several books like that six or seven years ago. <laughs> but 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 are my books turned into a movie? No. Well, here's the thing: you never know who's listening. You never know who's listening. <laughs> Well, I mean, I don't think they, well, maybe they want to see an African-American version. That's true. That's true. You know, possibly that could happen. You know, and then, of course, mine is, you know, uh, looking at it from the standpoint of a gay man's perspective. Uh Because uh as opposed to it being called Fifty Shades of Grey, you know, there's an organization called the SBI, <laughs> and that and that organization <laughs> that, that that organization is called Sirs and Boys Incorporated. Right. There's actually a group. Uh, you know, I, I, I hate to use the word group, but there is a organization uh-huh. that 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 caters to African American black men who are in this organization called the SBI uh-huh. and generally you have people who are called sirs or masters and then you have the submissive ones who are called boys now the term boy doesn't necessarily mean that you're underage right, right. the term boy doesn't mean that you are a male. You know, it's kind of funny you mentioned that because one of the uh, podcasts we're going to be doing later in the, in the coming weeks deals with fetish. And one particular person who actually started the fetish organization uh, with Black Fetish Organization in Chicago, he was actually telling me that when it comes to certain names, they really don't like, <laughs> black men in particular, really don't like to be called certain names regardless and they really don't even take on the role so it's it's kind of funny but that's definitely uh something i'll be coming up in the next couple of weeks because i had myself i had to be educated a little bit and the more i found out about it the more i said oh my god we got to talk about that so i i now that you're talking about it it sounds pretty like what you're you're meaning here you're saying here right now, I just got to give people the background. You actually got to receive a master's degree in communication from Townsend State University, is that correct? Yes. And did you always want to be a writer? Did you always want to talk, particularly about LGBT, LGBT books? Did you always want to do that? <laughs> you know, actually, I, I didn't. You know, I didn't grow up, you know, uh, as, a, as a kid or as a youth, you know, reading books. Really? You know, that's not what I did. I didn't. I didn't grow up and say, "Oh, I, I want to be a writer." You know that. That's not how it happened. You know, actually, this was a fluke. 
What? You know, it, it, it was a, yeah, it was a situation whereby, I mean, I think that I've always been a good storyteller. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just it. I just, you know, I never thought about writing a book. What had happened was a friend of mine named Shelton yeah. had written a book, which he self-published. Okay. And, you know, um, of course, wanting to support him, you know, I purchased a copy of his book. Okay. And what it was was that it was a book of poems. Oh, And okay. so I thought it was kind of interesting, you know, because he was HIV positive. Okay. And all of his poems dealt with being positive. Okay. Okay. Uh, literally and figuratively, you know, and so that evening, me and a friend of mine, we sat down and we read his book, and as honest as he was, which I give him credit for, yeah. you know, being putting it out there and, and being honest, I mean, because this was like 10 years ago, okay. you know, and, you know, during that time, you know, everybody knew about being HIV and being positive, but a whole lot of people weren't admitting that they were right, HIV right. positive or, or had AIDS. So he was putting it all out there, you know, and so I, you know, I applaud him, you know, for his honesty and for putting it out there and expressing his feelings, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. However, <laughs> however, the grammar and the punctuation was hideous. Oh my gosh. I mean, it was so bad. The misspelled words. I mean, no, no, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, I have never read a book that didn't have any mistakes in it. Right, right. You know, even some of the best writers out here you know whether you write it and then you get a editor and then you get a co-editor um, and then a cop a, a copywriter uh, you're gonna find an error somewhere yeah, yeah. I mean and, and, and again we're we're we're, we're human yes you know absolutely. and we are gonna you know make errors and we are gonna make mistakes so but anyway you know, if, if the errors that you make in your book take away from the storyline, yeah. there's a problem. Oh, I would think so. I would think okay. so. I would think so. But now, if you have a misspelled word here or a misspelled word there or, you know, the, the, the punctuation of a sentence yeah. is not accurate uh-huh, uh-huh. as long as it's not going to take away and as long as you can understand what is being written right, right. or what's being said then you know you're, you're fine so basically you when know? it comes down to the the grammar of it you got to figure well wait a minute I could do better than this is that <laughs> is that what I'm hearing <laughs> well yeah I mean pretty much I mean yeah you know I mean even with my books you know, I've had people, you know, have said everything. Oh, it's fantastic. It's the best book I ever wrote. I mean, I ever read. Uh-huh. Then I had, I've had people who have said, you know, it's horrible. The grammar <laughs> sucks. <laughs> Mr. Warren needs to get himself an editor. You 
read the critiques, you know, I'll, you'll find all that in there. Yeah. However, yeah. overall, and the good thing about it is that with all of my books and with my short stories, even combining them all together, yeah. I still had at least a 4.0. <laughs> that which is good. That's very, very good. Out of, out of five. Exactly. I exactly. got a 4.0. That's good. So, that's good. So that's still a good thing. You know, it's allowed me to quit my job and earn a living off of writing, now, which a lot of authors don't get a chance to do. Well, see, that's why I wanted to ask you, what do you think it is that people continuously drive to your books and your books in particular what do you think is the reason well you know <laughs> you know not to sound modest or anything uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> you know I mean but I mean it's, it's a, they're good reads right. you know that's the bottom line I mean it, it's a good story if, if you have a good story and as I told you before you know a good story consists of a good storyline and good sex well there you go <laughs> You know, I can honestly say when it comes to sex, it's always a topic that uh, that never seems to bore people, <laughs> depending upon how good it is, how all juicy the story is. And so even when you came down to your first novel, and your first novel, correct me if I'm wrong, is A Private Affair. Is that correct? Absolutely, very so, good. So when it You've came, done your homework, huh? I, was, <laughs> I did a little bit. I did a little bit. Good for you. Well, I'm impressed. So, well, what made you write this particular? What was that that you felt that people definitely wanted to to get the feeling of your first book? What did you want to really convey in there? Well, you, you know, as, as we had talked before, you know, about uh, Elin Harris yeah. and James Earl Hardy, yeah. you know, them being the godfathers of, of urban gay fiction, you know, and during that time, it was just those two, yeah. you know, and I would read their books and... You know, I I just could not picture myself as one of the characters. Oh, you know, okay. the, the, the characters were too feminine. Okay, okay. You know, yeah. or either they were too gorgeous. Oh, okay, okay. Or, or or they were rich. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, they would they would jump on a plane at a moment's notice and, and go to Europe. You know, okay, you know, okay. You know, and live the life. You know, uh, go to a five star hotel. Right. Go to to uh, 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 a restaurant that you had valet parking. <laughs> you know, you know, I didn't live that life. Right. You know, that was that was me. I couldn't identify. Right. You know, Trust me, I, I understand the whole Gal, Gal gone take me away. <laughs> right, okay. I get, it. And, I that, get it. and that's what it was. <laughs> but, you know, I wanted to read about a character that, that I could relate to. Yeah, yeah. You know, and so this is where a private affair comes in uh, because I wanted to write my story gotcha. and write how I got into this lifestyle. You know, coming up, I didn't, you know, I didn't go through, you know, puberty thinking that I was gay. 
Okay, right, <laughs> right. That didn't, that didn't happen for me. You know, I turned 18, you know, I got married. Oh, wow. You know, I went into the military. Oh, wow. You know, I had children. You know, I, I led that straight lifestyle. Right, right, right. You How know? long was that? How long did uh, it make your marriage? Uh, well, the first time around. <laughs> it was no. only like two years. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, okay. The second time around was was about 15 years. Nice. Okay. You know? Okay. Um, but while I was in the military, this is, I mean, I I didn't know gay people really. Okay. When, when I first got married, I was 18. You know, you would see... Uh, you know, a homosexual sashayed down the street, you know, or lived around the corner from you. Uh, but, you know, you knew him when you saw him, but he wasn't a friend. You right, know what I mean? Right, right. So, so I didn't have a friend as, 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 a, as a gay person. Right. You know, all of my friends were straight. Gotcha. Anyway, so when I went into the military, uh, what was kind of interesting is the fact that you know, you, you you don't get a room all to yourself. <laughs> you know, you have to share a room. Uh, even after you get out of basic training, you know, in basic and AIT, you know, you have a whole bay area. Okay. And there are bunk beds, you know, and there's like 20 bunk beds. So, so everybody shares that same room. Once you get out of basic and AIT uh-huh. and you go to your permanent duty station and if you live on base in one of the quarters you still share a room with one or two other people okay 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 so well when I when I graduated from basic and AIT and I went to my permanent duty station yeah I had roomed with one other guy uh huh and this one other guy uh huh was as feminine. Uh, he, he he was he was an inch away from having breasts. Oh my gosh! Okay. okay. <laughs> so, so so you know, I was kind of surprised, you know, and I didn't know how this was going to work, <laughs> you know, uh, because I thought he would be lusting after me the whole time. Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, how could I take a shower and and, and walk out with a towel wrapped around me or how could I get up in the morning with, you know, my heart on and and, and him not, you know, <laughs> checking me out and, you know, just the things that dudes do. Well, the normal, it sounded like to me the normal uh, heterosexual fears that they normally have, correct? Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, what, what changed it for me was he was funny. Oh, he was okay. funny as hell. <laughs> I mean, I, he had me cracking up. I mean, <laughs> you know, and that's one thing about me. If you can make me laugh, hey. You got we, you. We, we, we'll, we'll, we'll get along, <laughs> you know. And so he made me laugh constantly. Okay. You know, and we became friends. That's good. You know, and, and we would hang out together, you know, and, and, you know, other brothers on the base, you know, knew he was gay because he was very feminine. You know, they were like, well, Michael, why are you hanging around with this student? You know, and I'm like, well, he's my roommate. You know, and they're like, well, that don't mean you got to hang with him. And, you know, but anyway, I, I didn't care about all that, you know, because 
he had actually become became a friend. You know, to the point where our friendship had gone from being a friend to me looking at him as a little brother. Oh, okay. 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 And so we were stationed at Fort Meade, Maryland. And I live in Baltimore, Maryland. Okay. So because we were stationed in Maryland and he was from Omaha, Nebraska, you know, I knew that he didn't know anybody in Maryland. Gotcha. And okay. during the week, I lived out on, on the base. Okay. On the weekend, I would come home. And, you know, when I would come home on the weekend, I knew he spent the whole weekend there by himself. Okay. And I felt bad. You know, oh. and so I talked to my wife, you know, let her know, you know, all about him, what he was about, and so forth and so on, that I wanted to invite him one weekend, you know, to stay at our house. Okay. You know, to get a home-cooked meal, you know, play some cards, mm-hmm. you know, just have a good time. Nice. And so he did. And that's where it started. Um I wasn't, at the time, interested in him sexually. Right. However, my wife being a churchgoer, ever since she was birthed. Oh, boy. boy. (laughs) When it came to sex, um, there were some things that that she wasn't inclined to do. Gotcha. And one of those things were blowjobs. Ah, isn't that always get you? Yeah. That always get you. Yeah. It, don't it, you know, it, boy, it kills me. Anyway, so, you know, I've had a lot of straight friends of mine who would talk about, you know, how, you know, this shit gave him a blowjob and this and the other and so forth and so on. And, you know, he was actually able to 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 climax you know, in her mouth and and how how exciting that was and so forth and so on. Well, I wanted to experience that. Ooh. I never I never experienced that. No, you know? So you know, I wanted to experience that. So what I did was <laughs> you know, I didn't want to mess around on my wife with another woman because I felt as though that was cheating. Okay. That makes sense. This is interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I thought if it was with another guy, and all I wanted him to do was to give me a blowjob. That wasn't cheating. That wasn't cheating. Interesting. Okay, so wait a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> but this was thirty years ago. Now wait a minute. Now I gotta okay. ask this question: Was your friend in any way sexually interested in you as well, or? Well, yeah, well, yes, he, yes, he was. Oh, but see, that's just it. I didn't. I, I, I after he had started coming home with me on the weekend, you know, getting to know my family, and you know, my family loved him. My mother wanted to adopt him. Oh wow! You know, I mean, you know, we had that close bond. I saw him as a little brother. Gotcha. So, gotcha. so even though that's how I saw him, he saw me. In a different light. Ha! So what I did was, and I know this made the situation worse, Uh is that he knew about 
the dissatisfaction that I was having with my wife at home. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, boy. <laughs> I mean, I talked to him about it, you know. And, and so, again, like I said, I thought that if it was with another guy, uh-huh. that wouldn't be considered cheating. Yes. So, since he was gay... And he knew all the guys that were on on posts that were gay, you know, those, those that you can't tell, those that were on the DL, yeah, you know, yeah. those that were considered trade, yeah. you know, since he knew who they were and I didn't, you know, I asked him if he could set me up with somebody. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay, so not only, wow, this is a big relate. this is a big twist in the old situation. <laughs> So he not only introduced you to another life, basically. Um, at that point, he also, you know, he came became very acclimated with your family. But right. how did the situation turn to where did you just simply just once you just put your foot in the water, you just fell right into it? Was that the situation? Well, well, no, you know, <laughs> it didn't even, even it didn't even like happen that way. It, you know, the first time it happened. I, I was, I was, it was disgusting. Oh, wow, okay, okay. You know, I, I just, I, I, I couldn't even get aroused. Gotcha. You know, it was just disgusting. Gotcha. You know, and, I, and I think it's because, you know, I was thinking about my wife, yeah. I was thinking about my son. Gotcha. You know, and what I was doing, I knew it was wrong. Yeah. Whatever. The second time around, Again, disgusting. Now wow. you may ask, well, why did I keep doing it? Yeah, <laughs> you know? that is a good question here. <laughs> okay, so after the second time, I said, "That's it." I, you know, apparently this is not for me. So, hey, I tried it, didn't like it, move on. Right. Well, my roommate was seeing this guy named John. Uh-oh. Okay. Isn't always John. <laughs> I know, well, I, I no pun intended, right? Uh, 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 well, for the sake of not calling him a John, let's call him Thomas. There you go. Let's do that. <laughs> okay. Okay. He was seeing this guy named Thomas, and Thomas was treating him like a dog. I mean, he would, Thomas would get his car, you know, and not bring it home. I mean, not bring it back to him the same day. He would keep it overnight. He may not bring it back for another two days. You know, he would just, he, he just treated my friend horribly. Yeah. And so I hated him. I, I hated him for that. Even when he would come around, I would have to leave because I would want to fuck him up. Wow. Okay. That's how okay. bad it was. Right, right. Okay. So so my friend, my roommate, father passed away. Okay. And so he went home to Omaha, Nebraska yeah. for his father's funeral. Okay. So I was at the barracks by myself. I got hungry. I went to go walk to the child, child line, the, the mess hall. Yeah. And who should I run into? Who pulled up right beside me was Thomas. Oh, boy. Okay. Oh, boy. And I thought, you know, we were getting ready to throw it out. Yeah, you know, yeah. I was ready. I was, I was more than ready. Wow. But then he says, well, he asked me where I was going. I told him that I was going to go eat. He said, well, look, you know, he was getting ready to go home. 
he lived off base. Okay. He was he was going home, and he was married, but oh. his wife wasn't home. Uh-huh. But he invited this other guy over to his house to cook him dinner. Wow. This other guy was named Harrison, and we all knew that he was messing around on my friend with this guy named Harrison. Oh, because Harrison yeah, was yeah. a cook <laughs> on base, you know? And so we all knew that, you know, and that was another thing I didn't like about him, that he was messing around with this other guy, wow. you know, my friend. Oh, but he was telling me that, that Harrison was fixing this fabulous spaghetti dinner. Okay, okay. You know, with all the fixings. Oh, all know, the fixings, so I right? said, well, all the fixings. So, I, you know, <laughs> I thought about it, you know, and I was like, well, I can go eat this military crap, you know, <laughs> or I can go and have a home-cooked meal. So, wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, wait a minute, Mike. <laughs> So the <laughs> that's what I thought. I mean, and this is what the first book is all about. So, you know, so this it's is the word a private affair. Holy crap! This is a big. T- so really, it was kind of an a playoff of your the real life situation that you were really uh, experiencing at that time. Well, yeah. I mean, that is what the book is about. The book is about, as I said, how I got into this lifestyle. Wow! And and you know, the first time didn't work second time didn't work the third time of all things the third time when they say third time is a charm yeah. oh my god don't tell me <laughs> yeah, yeah so I went home with him <laughs> like, a, like a dummy <laughs> and uh, you know Harrison was there you know Harrison was this big black fat dude I mean he had to weigh almost 350 pounds. Oh, okay. 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 Oh, not, hold on. I can't be against, uh, nothing against my big boys. Nothing against my big boys out there. Just so you know. Just so you know. Big old dude. Big old dude, right? So, so I, let me make this a short story. And, then, and, and so we, we went there, you know, we ate, you know, after we ate, you know, Harrison, you know, was being like the woman, you know, he was cleaning up the dining room and, and the kitchen uh-huh. and, Thomas and I were sitting in the living room and and Thomas lit up a joint. Uh-huh. Back at the time they were called joints. They, yeah. they weren't blunts. Yeah. They were called joints. So he lit up a joint. You know, I've never smoked a joint. You know. Oh <laughs> you know? my gosh. But, but you know, he lit up a joint and he took a few puffs of it and he handed it to me. Well, I didn't want to be no punk. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? <laughs> so, so I took the joint you know, I took a few hails off of it, you know, because I, I smoked cigarettes at the time. So, you know, I was able to take a couple of hails off of it, you know, and I choked a little bit, and I gave it back to him. And so, you know, we were sitting there talking, not about anything in particular, but I was starting to feel high. Okay. You know, I felt like my body was raising up off the couch, and, oh, and wow. I was floating Oh wow! air. You had that good stuff, yeah. didn't you? Yeah, yeah, you know. So Harrison comes back in the room and he sits down next to Thomas. Uh-huh. So I'm sitting over in the chair and they're sitting over on the couch. And the next thing I know, Thomas turns to Harrison and says, Harrison, do you love me? What? And I'm sitting there like, you know, Harrison's like, well, 
well, you know, Thomas, you know, I, you know how much I care for you. You know how much I love you. I, why would you even ask me that? Then Thomas says, Thomas says, well, if you love me, go over there and suck Mike's dick. What in the? Wow. Okay, so wait a minute. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm fucked up anyway. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, what in the hell? Now, I just knew this guy wasn't going to do it. But. I mean, really. <laughs> you know, really. But, 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 you know, and of course he said, well, you know, Harrison, I mean, uh, Thomas, I don't, see, why you ask me to do that? You know, I, you know, that's not right. And you know how much I care for you and da, da, da. So Thomas kept saying, hey, if you care for me, you do this. If, you, if you're not going to do it, then. No, you don't care for me, and you can get the fuck out of my house. Are you? Wait, oh wow! Like, okay, all right. Oh god! This is so basically. <laughs> so it sounds like to me this entire experience that that really. And by the way, I gotta say that you were you did receive some awards for this book. Also, is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can I can couple, see why. A couple of them, <laughs> but, you, but you know what? But you know the problem that I had, and that was. With Uncle Sam, he didn't like that shit at all. I mean, excuse me, he didn't like that at all. Really? You know, it's okay because, to say shit. That's right. <laughs> because, because I, because I, I, I had planned on doing some book signings, you know, at a few military installations. Oh my god! And goodness. before, and before you could do that, you have to send a copy of your book to them, oh, and then they have to review your book. Wow. And I sent it out to about 10 different military ins- installations and not one wow. would have me come in there and do a book signing. Because they felt as though, according to my book, every guy that was in the military was gay. Wait, okay, now wait and a minute. that is not what they were trying to represent. I got to ask you, Mike, though. You really thought that was going to be uh, uh, welcomed very well in the military at that time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Well, you know what? Because, well, well, not that I thought they would welcome it, but I think a lot of the guys there that were still on the DL okay. or still considered trade. Yeah. You know, or even those that were just gay. Yeah. I thought that they would so enjoy the book because. It gave you some good sex scenes. Okay. It was a good storyline, and it gave you some good sex scenes. So, you know, sex scenes that you could actually masturbate to. So, when it came down to the sex situation, so really, because was it really that the sex that really you wanted to really give to the audience to make it as graphic as possible or to make it as sensual as possible? What? All, all of the above. All of the above. Wow. All, the, all, all of the above. Wow. You know, and 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 for the record. Let me also say that that even though Harrison did what he did, that did not arouse me at all. Interesting. I felt I felt the same way the first time, like I did the first time and the second time around. So now you got to explain. You want to know? You want to know what did it? Yes. What? Thomas went upstairs. I thought he went up. I thought he went up there to give us some privacy, right. which I didn't. I didn't need. Okay, <laughs> okay, you know. But then 
he comes back downstairs with some lube and and you know that stuff that you that liquid stuff that you sniff in your nose and you get yeah yeah. I, I can't remember what it's called. Oh, uh, it's uh, called. Uh, oh God! Even I can't remember. I can't remember yeah, this, and yeah, it's always so I, obvious. I, yeah. I, I know. Well, I know what you mean. Fluid stuff. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Anyway, so he comes down, butt ass naked, and you know, and he's holding these things in his hand, and he gets behind Harrison and takes Harrison's clothes off of him. Now, of course, as you can imagine, the big old dark-skinned guy, three hundred fifty pounds, with his big old ass. Oh my gosh! Oh my with, gosh! With Thomas having a fairly decent body, uh huh. And I'm checking out his body. Yeah. And he's getting behind Harrison, and he loops himself up, and he goes into Harrison, and he starts to gyrate his body and move in and out of Harrison I'm looking at Thomas and Thomas is looking at me oh wow Harrison was just in the middle he was just taking up space oh my gosh wow I was so turned on <laughs> wow okay okay I, I, was, I was so turned on that that you know, and, and, and keep in mind, I, I, I was still high. Yeah. You know? Oh, my um, God. <laughs> I was so turned on. And afterwards, that kind of bothered me. Two yeah. things bothered me. I, I, I had a sexual encounter with my roommate's friend. Yeah. Yeah, and, that could bother and, me. And I had a sexual encounter with a motherfucker I didn't even like. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so so I was real fucked up in the head. Oh my god, I cannot believe this you know, right now. And I was only nineteen years old. This is all at the age of nineteen. Yes. Oh god, nineteen years old. Okay, so moving. So basically, this entire book, this entire experience, is pretty much documented and well documented in the first yes. book. And so, was that also because of the sexual? Content because of the sexual experience that it also bring you over to your second novel, which was Sweet Swagger. Uh, was that also the inspiration as well, or was that completely a dude experience? Well, that that was the sequel. Gotcha. You know, because my my all right, my first four books were published by a publisher. Okay. Okay. You know, fortunately, I was fortunate enough. To be able to sell my 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 manuscript yeah. of a private sir, I okay. mean a private affair to a publisher. Gotcha, gotcha. And they bought it. Wow. After that came out, and with all the the rah 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 about it, yeah, my publisher came back and said, "Well, Mike, you got to do a sequel." Gotcha. And and again, that's where. Sweet Swagger came in. Um, so this was still about the same characters, oh. but it shows their their growth. Gotcha. You know, uh, gotcha. it shows the changes that they go through. Because even though I felt what I felt, 
and I did what I did, I still would not admit that I was gay or bisexual. Interesting. So those entire the entire four books, you would not admit or say that you were either one. Now, the, the, of course, the following books after that was Sir, Yes, Sir, and Just Make Him Beautiful, correct? Right, Sir. In Sir, Yes, Sir, I had admitted. <laughs> oh, okay. okay. I had admitted then gotcha. that I was gay. But, okay. But, but, but from... But from the timeline of a private affair to Sir Yes Sir, you know, it was about give or take a three year period. So it, it took me that long to actually admit that this was not a phase, <laughs> you well, know. Listen, <laughs> you ain't telling nobody that don't know that experience, trust me. <laughs> I get it, I totally get it. But, 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 Because what was so funny about it was that I was like a ping pong ball. Okay. And what I mean by that is that when I would be intimate with my wife, yep. I then wanted to be with a man. Huh. And then after being with a man, I wanted to be back with my wife. Wow. And 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 I came to the conclusion that Apparently, I needed to have a man and a woman at the same time. I need to have a threesome. I need to have a menage a trois. Whoa, okay. Wait a minute. So, <laughs> <laughs> was this something that you you actually in- experienced also during this time? Yes. Huh. So, you were living the true bisexual life. Yeah. How'd you like that? Hey. Oh my god! (laughs) You finally picked a side, basically. Uh, Exactly, and and that's been quite some time ago. (laughs) Wow! So, so during this entire experience, you uh, later on you decided to make your own publishing company. Is that correct? Exactly, and and briefly. I'll just say the reason why I did that was because I was having a lot of differences with my publisher. Ah, okay. 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 And and what I learned about publishing companies is that to be quite honest, yeah, I could the analogy that I could give a publisher and a writer would be the same as a pimp and a prostitute. <laughs> Okay, well, wait a minute now. There's a lot of good authors out there who, who actually have great relationship with their publisher. What was the, the situation? They didn't really make you feel welcomed or they just didn't no, really... No, 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 no. This, this had nothing to do with the relationship that they had. Yeah. This had to deal with money. Gotcha. Gotcha. See, because the thing is, is that, you know, if you are a superstar, uh-huh. you know, and if you're well-known... Okay, one of these huge publishing companies are going to pay you a lot of money to tell your life story. Gotcha. If you're nobody, like I was, okay. and 
I go to a medium publishing company, what's going to happen is, is that they're going to give me a contract and they're going to say, okay, for every book we sell of yours, we're going to give you a dollar and five cents. Oh, wow. Now, oh, wow. now, now, if they're selling my book for $15 and the first one of my book is 10,000 copies. And you're only getting... And, a, they sell, oh. and they sell them. Wow. Okay, I'll get 10 grand, but they're getting about 60 or 70 grand. Wow. I from get it. that. I get and, it. And, 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 and the only thing that they are paying outright is the expense of an editor, the expense of a graphic artist, yes, and the expense of having these books made. Wow! And after the fourth book, I, you know, I, I woke up one day yeah. and said, yeah. you know, I can do what they do. Of course, I can do this myself. Why am I going to pay them ninety percent of all this hard work? of me sitting down looking at a blank screen on a computer trying to write the best the next best selling novel. I mean, you know, it, it's very it's very time consuming number one. Yeah. And and it's very draining oh, wow. of the brain, you know, when you're sitting there constantly thinking, well, you know, this should go in order, this is how this goes, this is how that goes, this person's name is this, they're related to that person. This was the first person they had sex with. I mean, there's a lot of stuff and notes that you have to write down as you're writing along. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, basically, it sounds like I guess you also, from what I understand, you did make your company around. Is it was it not that long ago? 2014, May 2014, was it? Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was around that time. Yeah. Okay, and so how's it been ever since? Um. Interesting. <laughs> you know, it's interesting, and I say it's, I say it's interesting because you know so many new writers yeah. come to me and want me to publish their book. Interesting. Well, you know, I don't want to publish anybody's book other than my own. Why? You know, I, I don't I don't want I don't want to publish somebody else's book and take eighty percent of their sales because I don't want them to feel the way I did and what I constantly try to tell new writers hey you can do this yourself you know there's eight or nine steps that you have to know and I can show you those steps and you can do this yourself now the only difference is this if you have a publisher a medium to large size publisher They can get your book out a lot faster. Okay. They can they can get it nationwide. Gotcha. They can get it international. Okay. Okay. When it comes to you publishing your own book, for example, like Elin Harris did, and publishing your own book, you don't have someone who's going to be able to get it out there nationally. You gotcha. have to put your books in the back of your car. You have to sell them one by one. You have to go on whatever media site that you can get on, and you have to get your name out there. You have to get your books out there. So what I tell new writers is this. Uh You got a choice. Okay. If you want to make all the money that you do for your book, self-publish. If you're more interested in getting your name out there, 
then you go with the publisher. But keep in mind, you're only going to get 10% of wow. all those sales. That is true. That is and true. then sometimes it's best to go that route. And in a way, I'm glad I went that route because you know what happened? Uh-huh. I gained a fan base. Nice. Okay. So once I gained my fan base, yes. I can tell those publishers go to hell. Well, you know, honestly, I think uh, a lot of people, a lot of authors are actually going to uh, more independence. Even one of the biggest ones that I, th- I remember several years ago was Stephen King himself. Now, mind you, he doesn't necessarily write books like yours. But when you see someone, a big figure like that, deciding to go independent, and then you're looking at music artists deciding to go independent, well, it's telling you something. It definitely does tell you something that there's more, there's more to be gained from going independent than it is anything else. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, I also see here that you have... First off, there's a, a series of books. I'm just going to throw out a couple of series for the audience here. We have Reckless, which is uh, back in September 8th. Uh, we also have Choir Boy 2, uh, Living My Truth, uh, Truth or Dare. Uh, we have Man Up. We have Father Like Son, uh, Like Father Like Son, excuse me, Always and Forever, My Sister's Boyfriend, uh, Chilobu, uh, Love Don't Live Here No More. You have written, I mean, a series, and I see a lot of them were within the year. <laughs> like, how many books are you churning out? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, that's funny, you know, but like I said, you know, this is my job. Right. You right. know, I write every day. Wow. So, you know, there's a lot of authors, you know, they have their full-time job. Right. You know, where they go to work. Yeah. You know, they come home after eight or nine hours or whatever, you know, and they're tired. Yes. You know, and, and you know, they, they don't feel like writing. And I and I understand that. I, I get it. I, I did that when I did A Private Affair and Sweet Swagger and Sir Yes Sir. You know, it, it took two years year and a half to two years for for me to finish each book you know so so it does take a while to do that when you only have basically the weekend and sometimes when the weekend comes from working all week you don't feel like doing anything that's true that's very true you you know but like i said this is my job this is what i do i write every day so you know i try to put out as many books as i can um However, it, it's, it's, again, it doesn't go to the point of quantity. You know, I still want quality. Yes, there, yes, yes. You know, and I think that I've been able to represent that. Uh-huh. Uh, but it's a little bit for everybody. I mean, I've written a couple of books for young teenage boys. Okay. I've okay. written books for those that are in their 20s and 30s and maybe 40s. Okay. okay. And I've written books for older men who are in their 50s or 60s. You know, I, so I, I definitely I, see I that. Try to write, I try to write uh, books that will, that all of us would be able to, you know, identify with, you know, because, you know, what a teenager goes through versus what someone in their 30s go through, you know, is totally different. Absolutely. As well as, you know, what a 50-year-old man is going to go through being in this lifestyle is going to be a lot different than those that are in their 20s and 30s. Right. So right. there are differences. Okay. Well, it seems like to me that you're trying to reach all of the the uh, the genres and the generations to kind of get them to to kind of reach them in, in a certain way, but at the same time, 
have all your books been very graphic in nature in terms of sex? Have all your books really been that way or not? Uh, well, not all of them. <laughs> you know, like I said before, how many times can you fuck? Yeah. I mean, you know, how many times? How many A lot. How many different positions? I mean, you know, you, you start to watch porn tapes just to get an idea. <laughs> you know, for your next sex scene. Right. You know? But I mean, I, you know, I guess the first ten or so books, you know, were fairly graphic okay, um, okay. I mean there's sex in all of them yeah yeah. you know but but you know it may not be as graphic um, you know and, and I've cut down some <laughs> <laughs> why <laughs> you know? uh, well, well like I said it, yeah. it, it, to me it, it starts getting boring gotcha you know and, and like I, I said before you know, as a writer, as an author, if I'm going to write a sex scene, I want it to arouse me. And gotcha. if it arouses me, I know it's going to arouse you. Right, right, right. Okay. That's true. Well, if, I'm, if I'm writing and I'm writing a sex scene, and because I've written so many, yeah. and I'm not getting aroused, yeah, yeah. now, is it because I'm so used to it? Or it's because I'm getting old. <laughs> well, 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 speaking of rising, uh, <laughs> okay. and so that it's not like all the the work definitely paid off because it looks like I guess you believe you were nominated and you also became one of the kings of literature for 2015. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Oh, so you did do your homework, huh? <laughs> <laughs> I told you I do a little bit. I do a little bit. <laughs> I became one of the, you know, it was kind of funny. It's kind of like the kings of comedy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I was granted the uh, Marilyn Brown's Literary Association King of Literature Award for 2015. Wow. And I can honestly say that I'm the only black gay writer that has won that award. Wow. Wow. So. How does it feel to do? How does it feel? So, I mean, the accomplishments that you've been receiving through the years. I mean, how does it feel? Well, I don't want to brag or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> if I was, you know, you're forcing it out of me. <laughs> well, why not? Take, I mean, you take, you have a lot of experience in this, you know. Take, take that gun from my head. Why I mean, through the years, I mean, to receive as many accolades as you have, and to still have, and to also have a wonderful audience that carries you, keeps carrying you through the years. I mean, the only only place to go really is up from this point. I mean, how, what do you? What would be your advice to anybody coming in this game? Because you do teach other authors how to get in the game, like you mentioned. So, what yeah. would be the best advice? Uh, because you know, especially to compete against somebody like you. Well, you know, it, first and foremost. It takes commitment. Okay. You know, if you if you go to bed at night thinking about a storyline, and you wake up in the morning can't wait to get to your computer, you know, to write that story. Yeah. Then you're not a writer. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, don't don't sit down and say you know because here's the problem. Everybody and their mama have come to me and said. 
Oh, you ought to write about my life story. I know it would be a number one hit. <laughs> you know? And, and and I'm like, well, well, if you think it's a New York bestseller, why don't you write it yourself? True. And then they start, well, well, well you know, I, I, don't, I don't know how to write. You okay, know? okay. And so I'm like, well, you know, see, I don't, first of all, I don't, I don't, I don't I'm not a ghostwriter. Gotcha. I would never do that. You know, now there are ghostwriters out here that will charge you anywhere from 3000 to $20,000, you know, to wow. be a ghostwriter. I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to do that. Um, I have had other authors who wanted to collaborate on something together. Okay. Okay. I don't want to do that. Why? Why would you not want to do that? Um, well, because I don't want to share my line. And you know what the bottom line is? It's the money. Gotcha. Okay. Gotcha. What I do, I do. What you do, you do. Gotcha. You support me, and I'm going to support you. Gotcha. But when it comes to the money, you do you. Wow. Because I'm going to do me. Okay. <laughs> we can see that. <laughs> yeah. You we know, because I mean, I've, I've had a couple of authors who, who don't really write sex scenes okay okay but 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 because of the storyline that they're writing you know they want a real hot sex scene oh, and they want me to write it gotcha gotcha mm, no really wow no wow no. I mean well I, I, I can't do that have you ever thought that maybe that maybe your audience probably would uh, be surprised that you would actually take that route if you did would you think you would just disappoint your audience or do you think that it would well, actually? No, I don't think I, I don't think it would. I don't think it would have an effect on my audience at all. Okay. Okay. It's just not, not at all. But you know, with new writers, you know, I I just I try to I try to get them to understand. Keep in mind of three things. Well, okay. it's kind of like the three E's. Gotcha. And this is what I go by. And the first one is entertain. Okay. You know, the second thing is excite. Gotcha. Okay. And okay. the third thing is educate. Now, with all that in in mind, which also deals with the sex part, because that's what excite is for. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I want to learn something by reading your book. So, what I mean, you- if I don't if I don't learn anything, what was the point in in writing it? What was the point of me reading it? I mean, I want to learn something regardless of how small it is. You know, maybe a new sex position. Something, <laughs> you know. I want to learn something, well, you know. And then and then I want to see growth in that character because if, if at the first page, this character is this way, and by the time I get to the end of the book, and they're still that way, well... What was the point of the book? Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, then let me ask you this. What do you really believe that your audience takes away from your books? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, I keep going back to saying a good storyline. Okay. Uh, I, I, you know, I've I've had them say that they enjoy the twist that I put in my books. I've had had them say that, you know, I should have been a comedian. (laughs) <laughs> because they're funny. Okay, okay. 
you know, make the, it makes them laugh. Yes. Basically it. Okay, um, okay. They, they, they enjoy reading it because, you know, they know that they're going to get their money's worth. I mean, you know, when it comes to a lot of new writers, uh-huh. uh, and even some seasoned writers, you know, you can go online and you can see where, you know, you can download someone's book, you know, for free. Yes. Or, yes. or, or you know, you can get one of those 99 cent deals. Yeah, yeah. You know, but that that is with authors who are trying to make a name for themselves. Gotcha. And, and I get it, and I understand it. Yeah. And, and I'm not saying my books are better than theirs. Yeah. Because I don't know. I have not read their books. But they're trying to get their name out there. Gotcha. Okay? Gotcha. Well, with me, my name is already out there. Okay. So I don't have to do that. Gotcha. You're right. You're right. You know, you but really I don't. But I don't. I don't blame those that do. You know, because you got to do what you got to do. Of course. You know, to get it out there. So, you know, your first few books. You know, the, even if you self-publish, first few books, you're not going to make any money at all. Okay. Okay. And that's something. So basically, that's where the commitment really kicks in. You have to continue, regardless of whether or not you make a dollar, or you don't. Right. Exactly. And 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 the. The, the average fan base in which you're supposed to make a little bit of money is at least 3,000 readers. Gotcha. Okay. That, that is supposed to be the average right. um, uh, of readers uh, for you in order to make a couple of dollars. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now, leading us up to your new project... What exactly are you working on now? Well, <laughs> I'm glad you asked. No problem. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm working on my newest book, which is called Jailbait. Okay. And uh, Jailbait is 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 more is, is sexual, uh, more sexual than my last few books. Okay. Uh, only because of the title itself, and I think that, you know, if you're going to write a book dealing with jail bait, well, of course, it has to deal with some form of sex. True. So, jail bait, uh, there's this uh, young guy, his name is Quentin. Okay. He's uh, 16 years old. Okay. He's, he comes from a well-to-do family. His mother's an attorney. His father is a writer. And, you know, he doesn't live in the ghetto. He lives in a very nice neighborhood. But, you know, at the age of 14, and while he was going through puberty, you know, he realized that his body was maturing faster than his mind. Gotcha. But yet still, he was having these urges of wanting to have sex. And it, it wasn't a matter of him wanting to have sex with anybody his own age because he thought those that were around his own age were stupid and silly and immature. Okay. He okay. always wanted to be with an older man. So he started going out and one thing led to another and, and this is where, you know, he started his his sex life. But friends of his have nicknamed him Jailbait. Oh, wow. So okay. basically, that's his name, Jailbait. Interesting. Okay, okay. And, you know, I, one thing I want to 
always make the audience know something that actually they can really just take away and say, you know what, let me give this this author or this blogger uh, a try. Is there any particular book of all the books that you have done that definitely kind of still resonates for you, that still is one of those things that you say, that's one of my best work? Ah, man. They're all so good. <laughs> 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 uh, no, no, seriously. Uh, I, 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 I've had a lot of people always come back and say, you know, I enjoyed your first one, A Private Affair. Okay, okay. Uh, but I will say with A Private Affair, that's basically been sold out. Oh, wow. So you may not even be able to get that. Oh, wow, okay. And, you know, that is still owned by my publishers. Gotcha. And if they, and if they have not decided to, to reprint it, there's nothing that I can do. So, so basically, there's a fan favorite, but which one was your favorite? <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. God, that's hard. Well, let me ask you this. The one, I, one of the most erotic ones that you say, even a scene that you can be able to say, you know what? I did. My, I got to pat myself on the back for that one. Which particular scene that stands out in all your books? <laughs> Stop you, didn't I? Stop you. I, I, that's hard. I mean, I could, I could say choir boy. Okay, okay. I could say church brothers. Okay, okay. I could say whip appeal. Okay. Whip appeal, of course, is about this guy who was a stripper. His name is whip appeal. Nice. Um, you know, um, I, I could say my sister's boyfriend. Okay. All right. All right. You know. Um, I, I, I can say truth or dare. Okay, there's a, sound like a lot of work. You have a lot of yeah, <laughs> work. Yeah, I mean, yeah. There's uh, the, the well, as I said, the sex scenes become less and less and less. But the sex scenes that are in them are good. Right. So if right. you just want me to give you a title of a book with with a good sex scene in it. That's hard for me to, to, to pick. If you ask me uh, what was my favorite book to write, then I would have to go back and say, well, that would be Church Brothers Part 1 and Church Brothers Part 2. Okay, okay. So if you were to say one last question, and then so far, and like I said, I definitely truly appreciate you doing this interview. And so, especially for someone who writes so many books and uh, so many accolades as yourself. If you were to say you were to stop writing right now, what would it be that you want people to remember you by? <laughs> I'm writing, I'm getting some hard questions now. I get to. <laughs> Well, people would only people people who don't know me would only remember me by the books that I've written. Uh-huh. So I'm not quite sure how to answer your question. Well, what did, for those readers who do who are already fans of yours? What would you say that you want to be remembered for? I, I, I assume that I have the fan base that I have is because they enjoy what I write. Of course, of course. So. So I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 they, they would they would say he was a great writer. 
Okay. Well, okay, I won't say great writer, but I will, I will say at least a great storyteller. Gotcha. Okay. And that's good. That's actually a fair response to me because actually content is king. Content is definitely king. And to right. be a great storyteller, be honest with you, you have to be a great storyteller even as an intro for a podcast. <laughs> you, <laughs> you have to be a good storyteller no matter what because it, it keeps people in and draws people in. And so that's respectable. I can, I can, I'll take that as an answer. How about that? <laughs> okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, for, for your older guests yes. or listeners, you know, the older gay brothers, yeah. I just want to let them know that I have the series called The Cooling You. The One, cool two, and three. Oh, cool. That is for, that's for the older brothers. I don't know if you remember the song by Baby Stace, The Cooling You. Uh, the cool, of course. This is for the I saw him in okay. concert not that long ago. Yes, I do. <laughs> right, right, right. Okay, so that, that is what I wanted to title the book because that deals with older brothers. And, and, and I wanted to write that and give it that title is because, you know, those brothers that are, let's say, in their 50s, you know, they don't get, they don't get the attention that they used to get. And the thing is, is that we still got it going on. Of course you do. Even, even more so. Of and course. so I wanted to put that out there for them. Well, and for myself. Nice. So for your older listeners, <laughs> you know, have them check out the Cooling New Series. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Mr. Mr. Warren, I got to say thank you so much uh, for making this podcast uh, a very interesting podcast. Uh, another <laughs> Because uh, you, you definitely have a lot of material that I think a lot of people will love to read, especially when they uh, get those uh, certain scenes that they want to feel a certain kind of way. So maybe they can actually cut <laughs> so they can kind of cuddle up with their partners or just maybe just have one of those private moments. I'm sure Mike Warren will be on the tip of that uh, thought process. So I wanted to and, 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 and that would be great because I've had a lot of uh, partners who will read my book to each other at night. Honestly, really, know? really. And and, and and you know, sometimes they get to a certain scene. You know, okay. you know, I, I find my I find my book thrown on the floor, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know. They haven't at it, you know. And that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. You know? Oh, my God. And, I, and a lot of times I have to tell people, you know, don't get my book sticky. Oh, my God. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, thank you, Mike. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, so much. I really appreciate, again, you coming on the podcast and giving some of our audience something new to actually think about for those who are into that type of reading, which is a little bit on the LGBT erotic side, but a lot of it is also for some of the older brothers, the new, the younger brothers, for those who are on the DL. It kind of reaches all of the aspects of the LGBT community. So I'll, on the behalf of them, I would definitely say thank you for being such a wonderful writer, and thank you for taking the time in the podcast to introduce yourself to those those who don't know, as well as also get acquainted again with those who actually already know your work and know what your latest uh, work that's coming about. So thank you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem, Chris. I, I, I had a good time. Thanks so much for your interest in my work. And again, I hope people do check out 
what I write about and hopefully after reading one book they'll get another and another and another I'm sure they will I'm sure they will thank you so much thank you again this is Brother Speed Podcast we're able to talk about black LGBT issues and topics but in this we want to have a wonderful interview with a wonderful author thank you again Mr. Warren alright take care bye 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 bye